Good evening and welcome to Weaving Web 3 with me, James. Me, Chris. And me, Stash. That long pause was Chris plugging his brain in. He's here <laughs> yeah. now, he's locked and loaded, he's ready to go. <laughs> this week, uh, we're going to talk about a few things. Now, our previous episode was recorded pretty recently. Uh, actually, just before we knew about the Silicon Valley uh, issue, it uh, came out live on air for us and we we, you know, we saw it five, five minutes afterwards. So we're going to talk about Circle, which we had mentioned. I think we mentioned slightly about it, uh, but we mentioned about the falling Bitcoin prices. That actually came true, not entirely for the reasons we discussed on the pod about the release of the Bitcoin from Mt. Gox, but at the same time, it did come true. You know, a broken clock's wrong twice a day, isn't it? So we're going to talk about Circle and the Silicon Valley Bank. And then our second one is I'm going to talk about a few tactics and things that people do in crypto to make money. And I just want to ask the boys about what they think the ethical repercussions of those things are. Do they think they're all okay to do? So are you guys happy for me to still kick off with the Circle and Silicon Go Valley? Right. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's been pretty big news. Silicon Valley Bank is a very large bank in the United States. They are heavily involved in cryptocurrency and fintech and tech firms. So they provide a lot of financing for companies in the UK, companies in the US, companies wherever, to get fintech startups off the ground. So there's obviously a lot of risk in startups, but you can get massive rewards. So these guys were specialists in catering for that. Because they were specialists in catering for that, when cryptocurrency came along, they said, we'll give this a go. And they turned into the fact that they could actually make quite a lot of money through cryptocurrency. The problems have come now, though, that when a lot of your clients are linked in with cryptocurrency, a downturn in cryptocurrency in the stock market, et cetera, hits you even harder than it hits other banks. Because if you're, you know, brick and mortar mortgages, they get paid. You know, people struggle or interest gets missed or whatever, but you've got an asset to sell. They get paid. The cryptocurrency firms, for example, like FTX goes down. That's it. You're out. And yes, you'll get money back on liquidation, but that might be five years time, 10 years time. They don't know when it's going to happen. So you end up with a cash flow shortfall. And long term, they probably have assets. They do have a lot of assets. But they have no liquidity. They've got no cash flow. And businesses die with no cash flow. That's like a cardinal rule. You can have as many assets in the world as you want. You know, it's like having a big car on your drive and living in a big house. But if you can't afford to pay the mortgage and the finance payments, you're done. So you can, you can sell the assets. But again, their assets aren't that liquid to get the sale on. So then what happened is people who were also banking with that bank went, you've got no money and you start a bank run. Are you two both happy with how a bank run works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for the, for the yeah, yeah, of course. Market. So um, have you ever watched It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, yes, yeah. There is a fantastic explanation for how bank runs work in that film. So he owns, the, the guy, the main guy in the film, people kill me if you not know his name, he runs a mortgage and loan. It's essentially like, um, you don't really have them anymore. We used to have a lot of them. Building societies in the UK. So Yeah, I've seen building society stuff so what building societies were created for was to help people build their homes so you would lend your money to these people they would then get the funds and loan it out to people to build houses a building society right so that's how it functioned if your money's in that bank though in, in the building society which is what happens in the film and you hear that they've got no money 
what you do is you go down and go, I'm not going to lose my money. I'll go and take my cash out now. The problem is, and this is all small scale, this is imagine one town building society. You, the problem is they don't keep that much cash. Banks don't have cash because the cash that you want to get access to, that you've put in as you know a loan or you've loaned them to get some interest on, is not sat in the bank. It's sat in your next door neighbor's house or that house over there yeah. paying interest back. So if you all go at the same time and say, I would like my money back, they cannot do that. It cannot happen. And that's what a run on the banks is. So everyone comes in and says, I want my money out. And the banks, the banks will start to pay people out at the beginning. And they will run out of liquid cash. And they will then say, we can't pay you anymore. At which point, more people try and leave. And everyone, the whole tr uh, faith and trust collapses. Isn't that like a serious flaw in the whole banking system? <laughs> the banking system is... I don't want to use that word. I was going to use a different word. That is exactly banks are over collateralized. They are allowed to loan out. I think it's it's a hideous percentage. You wouldn't believe the percentage that they're allowed to loan out. So if you sort of gave them 30K and they loaned out 30K, they could, and then somebody else took a loan of 30K, they could loan out that other 30K. They could keep loaning money. It, 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 it's, it's a nut system. There is not... There, <laughs> since, since they separate from the gold standard they've essentially been able to make as much money as they want mm. so as long as they're in certain limits but the regulatory boards have set they can loan out money as much as they want but it means that a bank run is a lot easier to do and people will be going okay so how does Silicon Valley Bank and this run on the Silicon Valley Bank affect crypto well USDC which is a stable coin pegged to the US dollar is run by a company called Circle. Circle had 25% of their cash reserves sat with Silicon Valley Bank. So what does that mean? So their currency, they've always claimed, is 100% collateralized. So for every $1 of USDC they've issued, they have $1 in the bank, right? But it doesn't work out exactly like that. So 77% of it, which is $32.4 billion, is in US Treasury bills. Treasury bills are backed by the United States government. All right. So they are like a bond. You know, you know, you can do bonds in the yeah. UK. The government will pay you on those. The government will pay you a dollar for every dollar you've got in there. They guarantee it. They are super safe and they pay very low interest because they are super safe yeah. um and all of those they said had at least a minimum i think it was a three month was the maximum mature uh time they had to mature so what you do is you lock them in for three months a bit like staking and then they pay you the interest so they've got those which are rent three months that's relatively liquid cash 23 percent of it so 100 less than 77 so 9.7 billion dollars was held across a section of banks in liquid cash because they deemed that 23% was enough to cover any runs, any liquidity bits that they needed. Yeah. 25% of that, you know, 9.7 billion. So $2.5 billion was sat within Silicon Valley bank. And this lack of cash and essentially the, the lack of faith that they suddenly weren't collateralized one-to-one -one 
caused USDC, a stablecoin, to depeg down from a dollar. So that's that's how that all ties in. But again, this is this is what what have we had? Five black swans in a year in twelve months. It, it's oh god, here comes a black swan. At this more, point, more to come. At this I point, think. I don't think there's any white swans just left. Luna, just remind there's me, there's definitely going to be another bank collapse. Depeg was the key word, wasn't it, with Luna? Like USDT depegged, and like. It depegged previously, but like, oh, yeah. it was only a few cents, but it wasn't as major as USDC. The, the only so BUSD and USDT are still are the most stable, everything else dropped a good percentage, mm -hmm. which is nuts. But then also, Bitcoin dropped again massively, which is great because we can DCA in again, fab. But that dropped again massively. I think that when we look at this and the difference between. So yeah, right. Sorry, I'll finish the circle bit and then I'll get back onto because I want I do want to talk about Luna. So that's sort of how the circle um, USDC situation is happening. From what I've seen from Circle, actually, the, even if they're collateralized ninety odd percent, it's still pretty good actually, because because they're regulated as well. I think the government will say they have to always buy one dollar of USDC for a dollar. Um, but I suspect as well, their margins are pretty thin, but they, they can probably make that money back in some way. I doubt that the fund running it doesn't have other assets to cover that. But what probably happen is they'll find other funds or get a loan from somewhere else yeah. to make up that shortfall if they need to. Yeah, I saw a but, few tweets that the, the, the basically the Federal Reserve is going to um, repay the deposits and basically that they have the only like a few percent that, uh, it's left in the bank, so they're able to get some of it. So I think it's only like nine percent left in the bank. Because the thing is, they are owed that money back from the bank. Like when it yeah. goes to liquidation, they'll get probably they're probably going to get pennies on the dollar, but you know it might get eighty cent on the dollar or something. But they'll still get the majority of that back. So it's but it's just that that could be in five years' time, like we discussed. So they need to have yeah. some sort of shortfall in there. But I actually think they're big enough boys. And like those numbers we were chucking around was what nearly forty billion dollars. Mm. And these guys seem sensible. Now, Chris, you brought up Luna depegging, yeah. right? Either of you two know the problem with Luna's depeg versus USDC depegging. Majority of their uh, collateralized assets was in Luna, their own token, compared to the B BTC. By not. So it was, like, it was kind of like a sort of, I don't know, what's it called? A dragon eating its own tail. Like as the as it went down, obviously the the collapse went down as well. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the thing. It's very but, stupid on their behalf. But it's why, <laughs> and this is the, this is the difficulty with crypto is why does USDC's collateralization work? Because it's in fiat, and that's the that's the tricky bit, isn't it? Because the only thing yeah. keeping that crypto up is fiat, but what keeps fiat up is taxpayers. So mm. it's really difficult because. What keeps fiat up is taxpayers being forced to pay tax. So that's what stables fiat. But then we're using fiat to stable crypto, which I'm not against. I think that's a perfectly good idea and it actually works. But like Luna that was crypto relying on crypto, as soon as crypto takes a dump, it just dies. Yeah. And I think that's that's a very difficult thing to get around. But from everything I've seen from Circle, they actually seem very well run in comparison. Yeah. I'm guessing they haven't. Have they depegged? Have they repegged yet? Or not yet? Yeah, it's getting close, but the, like bank, banks don't run on the weekend. So 
the only yeah. way that they can recalculate as essentially will be on the Monday. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the thing as well, linked into the fiat system, the stocks and shares. Crypto doesn't shut off at five o'clock on a Friday, but yeah. but the other things do. So it's difficult, isn't it? We'll essentially see Monday morning. Probably will it will it depeg lower again first thing and then go up during the day? Yeah, I, uh, I did see a tweet that Justin Sun minted twenty million twenty million? Or yeah, twenty million USDT because Binance is opening USDC um um thirty X leverage on Monday. Well the thing the thing is though, right, boys, this is this USDC DPEG is an opportunity for someone. Oh absolutely. But, Say you're a lot, let's say you're like someone massive, okay, like a big, big boy, right? You run, you run Coinbase or you run whatever. You run Coinbase. <laughs> yeah. Can you go in and say, actually, what we'll do is we will provide you the, you know, what, what what's your shortfall? A billion dollars. Okay. Mm. We'll collateralize that a billion and we'll take a percentage going forward. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, but, those are things that can happen, could happen. Well, I um, bought like uh, I, I, I risked, I bought a bit of um USDC at 95 no 94 cents and I put 50 dollars in it and from USDT. So I've obviously got more than 50 uh, USDC. I'm hoping that maybe that 50 USDC is going to be worth once it replay. Did you, did you see the guys selling to Robinhood? <laughs> Collection collection of guys were buying USDC all the way down because Robinhood had it hard locked that they were buying at a dollar. Really? So they were buying as much as they could, selling to Robinhood, and then using those same funds to buy again and sell to Robinhood again. Oh my That's god! Crazy. They were making that... thousands of dollars, but you had to have obviously the margins are thin, aren't they? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. if you've got ten k, what do you make? Fifty pounds? Yeah. For ten k in, on but. But at the end of the day, if you can get enough a, times, if you could, that's like if you can get a five percent return every every fifty seconds or every minute, it's, it's not a bad return. That would be five hundred quid, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry. But yeah, sorry. If you got a, in my head, I said a grand. If you had a grand, it'd be 50, 50 quid because I looked at it. Those were my numbers: ten grand, five hundred quid. But again, it's not massive profit on ten grand. But obviously, next time you do it, you're doing. 10,500. So you could compound it as well. Mm. You would see compounding 5% interest as many times as you could do it. And that's obviously if the, when the price was going down to like 0.88, that's 12%, isn't it? It's actually yeah. more than 12%. But so what did it go down to? Like how? Uh, 0.88 was the lowest it dropped. Lowest it dropped to. Yeah. Wow. But you think that's pretty big, pretty big I return. I did panic some majority of my USDC just in case. But I think it was a. I lost like twenty dollars out of like the hundreds that I had. But I don't give a shit. Like I yeah. think, just in case, peace of mind, so I could sleep. Even though I did knew it probably repeg, and then I stupidly bought more USDC. Just well, that cover some of your loss. But the, yeah. the thing, but the thing for that is like, there is always an opportunity, isn't there? Whenever yeah. there's something happens, there's always an opportunity. But like, it's it's knowing, noticing that you know, Robin Hood's gone. Oh, we will buy that for a dollar. And you think hilarious, fantastic! I'll sell it to you I for mean, a dollar. When is Robin Hood losing? When is Robin Hood losing? Then you're like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, don't don't hard code your purchase price or something. I, like I don't know how they did it, but they they must have done because it wasn't reacting to the market. 
But yeah. yeah. So right, that, boys, leads me on to... So I think we've covered what's going on with Circle and Silicon Bank pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, to be honest with you, we probably suspect that USDC is going to bounce back and be okay. Yeah, but I no guarantee on Hopefully that. by the time we upload this podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the time this hits your screens and ears, hopefully it'll all be sorted. But then again, the thing is, whenever I'm hopeful with anything in crypto, it seems to go the other way. Agreed. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's right. And now this is a question I need to ask you, lads. Okay, so there are some people that do things in cryptocurrency that are perfectly legal, mm-hmm. but are we okay with them doing these things? And do we think they're right? So I'll start I'll start basic off for you boys, right? Do you think what those guys were doing with the buying USDC, selling it to Robin Hood, all fine? Yes. 100%. Yeah? Cool. 100%. Screw, screw Robin Hood. Especially right. when, it, when it's a big major corporation losing, like Robin Hood, who have screwed over cryptocurrency users. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 GME, the whole GME debacle. Yeah, the whole GME thing really, really pissed me off. Like... Robin Hood can go and die in a hole. But go on, yeah. So, no, 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 that's, that's good. So so as long as, so, right, so pretty much victimless, like not individual victims, like big institutions that have got deep pockets, we're, we're fine with, yeah? So that seems like yeah. a reasonable thing to do. So we're happy with that, right? That's sort of step one on my get. So, all right, we're happy with that. That seems reasonable. That's that's your cock up. If You should have done your, your research better or whatever on that. Yeah. What do you gents think to people who do stuff like floor sweeping NFTs and then setting a new higher price? Is that fine? Yeah, it's a strategy. It's a mm-hmm. strategy which could backfire. So yeah. it's a risk. It's a risk to the person, right? So yeah, if you, absolutely. If you buy, I don't know, ten or even a hundred floor NFTs, right? That obviously pushes the price up. But what then happens, because I saw this actually happen recently with Happy Land Gummy Bears, because there was like some people buying, not very many were listed in the first place, that I think only 1% of all Happy Land Gummy Bears were listed. Um, but yeah, somewhat like a buying pressure sort of started because there was some news about something. And so people started buying and the price, the floor price went all the way up to 0. 0.6, 0. Oh. 0.06. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, 0.06. And then obviously, when people realized they listed it lower, and then mm-hmm. the buying pressure didn't like, match that because the people who bought, who wanted to buy, had already bought. And mm-hmm. so now I think it's back at 0.02. Um, so, like, it's a strategy which could pay off, but the person is risking a is lot. Risk. Yeah. He's risking a lot. So if you want to do that, I'm 100% fine with you doing that. Cool. So, 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 right. so, so we're happy. Big institutions losing, not a problem. And we're happy with strategies. If, if you're accepting a lot of the risk yourself as an individual, because mm-hmm. essentially the risk there is you buy all these, you pump the price up and nobody buys them. Yeah. So we're fine with that as well. What do you guys think about people who get on NFT projects at the beginning where the hype goes massive? They paper hand, which everyone says paper hands, but I think these people probably make a lot more money in the long term than the people who diamond hand. But they paper hand. Do you think yeah. that that's okay? Shilling a project. <laughs> Pardon? You calling me out as a diamond hand? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, are you guys all right with someone jumping on a project, hyping it up, getting all this stuff, 
even though they know as soon as they get on that mint, they're selling. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's like a common thing anyway. Like at the end of the day, everyone has strategies, and and you have to stand by your strategies or like try different strategies. Like I I for the first time I've yeah I've never actually done the paper sell straight away because yeah I'm either an idiot or I believe in the project. That's the thing. Well, no, it's a bit of both. A bit of column A, a bit of column B. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So next next one is where we actually start to get a little bit dodgier. Do we think it's right to be able to short currencies, assets, etc.? No, but I, I make a, you can make a hell of a lot of money if, <laughs> if, if everyone's doing it. And I recently had some luck and I've been like sharing my things with you. And in the short for like when I was, God, when I was first in crypto and crypto was going down I was like why is everyone posting all this money why am I losing money I didn't understand because people were my money was sitting on exchanges centralized exchanges because everyone does it at first and that actually works against you that provides liquidity for people to short you and stuff like that I didn't understand sell high and yeah yeah. yeah, and 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 then I realized it's like end of the day if I want to make some money I need to put my emotions aside and if everyone else is doing it and they don't care about you, so you might as well join the bandwagon. Immoral yes. or not, but... I need to take a lesson from you, Ash. I get way too emotional about my stuff. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I recently had to sell 10,000 of my V-chain and that was that was very tough for me. <laughs> I guess it paid off when because I managed it, to buy the blockalizer with it, which then got yeah. me Ghost Boy. Which goes by pump to point four, but goes boy is now down to what point <laughs> point eight zero point zero eight. Yeah. Zero point, yeah. So, I mean, sorry, Chris, did you not sell your blockalizer after mint? After mint? Yeah, after they said, "Oh, you, you're in the mint." No. Oh dear. You sell did yours? You? Sold it, boys. I made a profit on that one. Oh, you never told really? us that. That's because I'm fucking with you. I'm, 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 I'm diving hand with you, boys. It was uh, good acting, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was good acting. I was like, wow, he actually no, learned from it. No, 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 mate, mate. I'm a loser just like me. Look, Chris has taught me everything I need. <laughs> I think you learned from I, the wrong person. I, I didn't teach you. This is a specific skill that you either have or you don't have. Chris, I looked around the all your NFTs. Remember that graveyard of art? And I thought, this. I want this. I will, I will kill for this. <laughs> No. <laughs> right. So, so we're having like short as well. For the low, low price of, I don't know. <laughs> I think I probably put like three into all that stuff as well. Uh, right. So this voice is now when we get onto the ones that I think are a bit dodgier. Okay. What do we think about projects like Strong or Drip that are so, right? Wait. So, wait. Explain what they are first. So okay. Is... So the way the way that strong and drip work is a little bit like pyramid schemes or multi-level marketing. So if you set up a so strong was nodes as a service. So what that meant essentially was you were running a node, but you never ran the software. It was like a virtual node that paid out. So what you did was you essentially would buy a node. So you would trade. 10 ETH or whatever for 10 strong. These numbers are wrong, but 10 ETH for 10 strong. Then you send 10 strong to this address. And then you then own a node. 
you will get paid out something in the region of like one percent of your of what you put in per day, yeah. right? With the idea that you reinvest when you get hit another ten strong. Okay, so you can reinvest and then get one percent of that new amount. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the more people that joined in, mm. that and, and you could get people in like your. I think drip works. You can have people in like your. So before you continue. When you reach that 10 strong, could you take that 10 strong out and continue? That? So they would pay you the strong straight to your MetaMask. So so let's let's say you put 10, you converted 10 ETH to 10 strong. Let's, for simplicity, we'll say one strong is one ETH. You yeah. put 10 in and they would send you 0.1 ETH or 0.1 strong, sorry. So, every... so send 1% of that. So after 100 days, you've made your money back. Yes. They would send that to you every single day. And you could, at that point, convert it back to Ethereum. And sell it. And you can take out 20. You, you can never take your stake out. So that first bit, you, you're not staking. You're paying to get in. Okay. That initial stake is gone because it's not a stake. So you're buying a node. Then you get paid out. So the idea is that if you stay in long enough or if you're high enough off of the, uh, the reverse funnel system, it looks like this. If you're high enough <laughs> of the reverse funnel system, well, uh, sort of like a pyramid shape, um, like a triangle. Yeah, like a triangle. If you were, <laughs> if you got in early enough, or you're high enough, or you can get other people in your down chain by because some of them you get like if you introduce other people, you get like a bit of their upflow. Okay, so yeah, sort of triangular, yeah. Like think like think like Egyptian triangles, so but okay. but <laughs> what are they called you, again? <laughs> I can't remember. But if you got in early enough, um, you would you could make way more than your one percent a day because you'd make your one percent a day plus zero point five percent of what everyone beneath you was doing as well. And just bear this in mind as well, Chris. Right. So when you buy your initial strong, let's say it was worth one ETH when you bought it. Right. But because strong is getting more popular, the price of strong quadruples. Right. So suddenly, instead of getting paid out 1% a day, you're getting paid out 4% plus another whatever percent from everyone beneath you. Yeah. All right. Whereas they're all making less because I got them in. Yes. And then well, can they, they, they get. They, sorry, sorry. They, well. they still make 1%. They still make 1% as you make 1%, but somebody above you. Who introduced you to it is getting your 0. 0.5. Do you see what so, I mean? And then if I introduce someone else, they I get their 0. 0.5. Yes, and they keep their one. If I introduce someone else, they get 0. 0.5. Yes. Of theirs. Mm -hmm. So so it goes from like here, one person, and then two people. And yes, and the people. more people, so if you introduce someone, they've got loads of people behind them. You're obviously getting a percentage of what they bring in, so it all builds up. Okay. Okay. Right. So that's that's how that functions, right? Yeah, that sounds perfectly fine to me. And, 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 and as the value of strong then went up, people could have been making, you know, depending on how much you put in, you could have made thousands and thousands per day. People are making, I was watching YouTube videos, people were making 10K a day. But, but the problem was, Chris, this is the big problem. You're encouraged to reinvest. So that strong that you could have converted to ETH, don't do that. No, 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 don't do that because you're making so much money. Reinvest it. And next month, you'll make even more, right? Forever. And that'll go on forever. And that's what was happening was 
all these people who are making 10K a day were reinvesting, right? And at the end of it, strong plummets and they get a K out. But the clever people actually took their money out, right? The people the people who run the pyramid scheme did. The people who run the scheme at the top. The, pyramid scheme, the, pe the people who we think oh about this, God. Chris. It, it's hilarious, right? Just, just think about this, okay? So you make a token, right? People buy it, they send it to you, and then you sell it to someone else. Oh because that's what you're doing. You're just you're selling your own token back, and the guys in the middle are just making a load of money. And and yeah, so 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 tokens like that. Now the, the reality on those is you could make lots of money. Okay. So so the but, consensus is pyramid what? scheme, right? Right, no, no, but see, I'm going to link this round, right? So you could make loads of money, but it's at the expense of other people, okay? Mm -hmm. Other ordinary people. And lots of people lost out, right? Do we think that actually doing that sort of thing is fine? You've got to do your due diligence. A lot of people went on the hype. I, I remember I got burned a bit on, on other node projects. I lost, I don't know, $500 buying up nodes and shit like that. But this was too... Like, if you're early to the projects... People made tens of thousands. And I was like mid and I was like, oh, I, I made loads and I reinvested or lost every single bit. Well, there, there was someone here, Stash, and then you, some more people there and then some more, and then you were like down here. Not, yeah, not, but all of, I... not all of them worked like that entirely. No. Um, but, but like some of them, like Stash's one, potentially he didn't have anyone like downstream. I'm no, not... it was it was on a completely different separate. Everyone, you just buy a node, you get paid out. But obviously, people's liquidity, people paying in, buying the nodes made the price more. But then people were selling, and then more people were buying, in, and then the price. Yeah, it's just. I, I it took me a while to realize it was a scam. So it well, mate, it took a lot of people a long time to realize how that was working. So, but do we think getting involved in those things is fine? If you know the risks. If you know the risks, I will if say you know the risks. Have, have my... you seen? Have you seen? There's there's a video on YouTube um, of a guy who went onto Dragon's Den <laughs> to try and sell oh. a pyramid yeah, for the dragons. Yeah. I I don't feel like those people are going to fall for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So my my sort of thing is, sure, go for it if you want to, but just know that chances are you're going to lose your money. Yeah. Um, so, so my question with that is right so that there is the reason why we think it's a bit morally off is because regular ordinary people are losing out yeah well not necessarily it's okay. that the system is created in a way that screws Deceives over the person. people yeah could, it's not right. that normal people are losing out normal people will lose out every day you, you've seen my crypto wallet yeah. you've, you've seen <laughs> um but yeah, it's more of the fact that the system is rigged against you if you get in late, right? Mm -hmm. My question now, boys, is, is that not the same as every NFT launch? That actually, no. the, the, the issues you've no. just raised there, right? So the people who get in late get screwed. The people who set up the project normally win. And then the people who are early make a good bit of profit. Because to me, the bits that we think are morally ambiguous about that are almost exactly what we see on every NFT launch. Yeah, but, but. NFTs right? are more like an asset. NFT pitch price pitch to me like how this is different. Speculation and like <laughs> a community. So 
it not at, at one point like so let's say board ape yacht club right they did the mutant apes right people who owned a board ape got airdropped a mutant ape which they then sold on i saw mutant apes at like three ETH, i remember a couple of my friends or people that i knew bought at three ETH, right you could buy whenever right so you could have bought it at three ETH. Sure, it's gone up to fifteen ETH now, but there have been periods where it's gone down to ten ETH and it's gone back up to fifteen ETH. Right. Hmm. So, as a fluctuating asset with a legitimate a, a legitimate company behind it, right? Yeah. Or, I, I, I'm trying to say, yeah, anyway. yeah. um, like there's it, it's it's not. It's not automatically screwing over the person that gets in last because there is no necessary end to it, right? Yeah, yeah. I no, no, I hear exactly what you're saying, mate. What you're saying is, in a pyramid scheme, the people who get in last always lose. Yes. Whereas mm-hmm. what you're saying is, you could get in late, you could buy a mutinate for 10 ETH and still sell it for 15. Because yeah. actually... Or- yeah. It, it just it depends really because it's fluctuating so much. Like I don't know. Um, another example is what was it? Uh, uh, only one, uh, only one or whatever. They 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 had a whole period where it went up to like two ETH. It was crazy. Like everyone, it was so hyped up, and then it dropped and it went down to like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, and now it's back up to one point one. Like it fluctuates so much that yeah. there's no necessary point at which you're going to get in at the bottom, right? Uh, you're going to be the guy that loses. Sure, there's going to be a guy that loses the most because he bought it two ETH and now it's at 0.4 or whatever. But now it's at 0.11. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. But, maybe I'm saying no, 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 I, I hear exactly what you're saying. But my, my question on that would be, for the majority of the projects, that never comes. So if we, if we took, for example, something like Ghost Boy, right? Pretty yeah. typical NFT launch, yeah? yeah. A lot of hype. Pre-reveal comes. People try really hard to get into the mint. Pre-reveal happens. Price fluctuates massively. Reveal happens. Some people sell for ten ETH. That was like the most expensive one. So for something like ten ETH, right? Then of that, the rest of it will peter down until it's worth minimal. That's pretty much almost almost every NFT project, yeah. But then it goes down to minimal at a point where they're not necessarily showing what they're doing. And as soon as they release more information about what they're doing, about what they're building, right? Yeah. Then traction starts gaining again, right? It's it's all about valuing, like, uh, there's there's got to be trust, obviously, with the founders. You've got to trust them to deliver on the project. Mm. And a lot of people that get in at high prices are going to be like, look, this asset that I bought, un- unnamed asset, I bought it at two, I bought it at two pounds. It's now worth 50p. I'm going to cut my losses and take the 50p. Yeah. Whereas, and they don't necessarily look that much into like what's going on in the background because the whole reason why it goes down is because of inactivity whereas a lot is going could be going on in the background depending on the project obviously um i completely hear what you say i'll just i was just gonna take an interest i'm just gonna have a quick look on OpenSea, 
and just have a look at like uh what's like a what's like a medium project like one that's successful like, like a cool cats or something cool cats yeah yeah so like cool cats floor price at the moment is 1.8 eth i'm just gonna have a look on the activity and just see if i got all time so this is really interesting so when that released it was trading at like 0.1 eth but that went yeah. all the way up to uh average price of 17 eth and has then what? come all the way back down how much 17 eth was the average price it was selling for 17 yeah mad and That's then it hit, it hit up again i didn't i didn't realize it went for that much hit up again months later to 15 eth and then mm. since then it's been on a downward trajectory however obviously that those two spikes were mid mid 21 and early 22 so the market yeah, was an awful like, lot more buoyant. Right. So I just think it's interesting like, looking at that and seeing how it's sort of grown there. But and I, I sort of get what you're saying. Like, But Cool Cats is like a big project, but it sort of follows that same trajectory even. Yeah. I think the, the outlier is Bored Apes, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because And then the reason why they're an outlier is that the thing they provide is not pretty pictures of apes. It's consistent monetary payment for having yeah. it. Like you said about the mutant apes, like you held on to it. You could have told cats it for 10 ETH. Cool Cats did try to do that with their milk token, which kind of failed, which is another reason why it's gone down to 1.8. However, uh, I have said, and I do stand by the fact that if my sappy seal were to get up to 1.8 ETH, I would probably trade it for a Cool Cat. Interesting. But yeah, I think um, I think it's just interesting for me. And I, it, the reason the reason why I started that segment, are we happy with bits? Was because I looked at a lot of NFT launches recently, and I thought they follow sort of a similar trajectory. Yeah, I'm not saying like obviously I was rambling quite a lot. I'm not saying that all NFT projects are good. That not that all. I'm not saying that not all NFT projects follow that thing right the the trajectory mm -hmm. that you're describing but you've got to kind of look for the outliers for the ones that i completely get what you mean chris it's like because nfts aren't static if something were to change in the prof in their project then the price could go up yeah exactly it's more like investing in a company right when you invest in a company um depending on what they're doing i don't know tesla had the massive bull run and then it went down yeah stuff like that Whereas a pyramid scheme is a lot different. Yeah, yeah. no, no, completely. Oh, I'll, I'll, there's I'll, just I'll... so many different varying factors that we just can't all fit in right now. But yeah, it is a bit of a. I know that's yeah. I know that's a left wing sort of topic to bring up, but it's just something I I thought about and been thinking about and just thought, well, let's discuss it on here about sort of where where people's morality is because an awful lot of things in crypto are perfectly legal mm. but because of how it's structured can be quite um i don't know deceptive yeah. um yeah no it's very true like because it's such a still very new industry everyone's fleshing out the gray areas absolutely but look if you don't want to get scammed when you're buying your crypto you can go a bit get some I just want someone to mention one thing like what like in this 
bank run on USDC, Ethereum transactions went up to $200. And this further points my view why we need layer twos, because for the first time ever, the most expensive arbitrary transaction for me has been pennies. And I paid in a bit of a panic, I sold my USDC for $3, essentially in gas fees. Hmm. If I had my USDC on Ethereum and, event, and it did collapse, yeah, I would have never been able to afford that. Yeah. So it further points out just just a yeah. Layer twos of the future. Right, boys. The final moment of a podcast should always be Stash's sweet treats. One second. I'm coming. I just need to go downstairs. (laughs) Play some elevator music. Oh, we're back in. Wow, 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 wow. Right. Okay. I know where I'm guessing that's from. Go on then, James. That looks like an M&S donut. That's probably not bougie enough for Stash, but I think that looks like an M&S, like a strawberry cheesecake donut is the sort of thing they'd call it. Okay. Christopher. Uh, I'm struggling here. I'm going to say Krispy Kreme. Uh, um, like one of the, I don't know, like a strawberry milk chocolate, no, white chocolate sort of thing. Like, okay, you got the flavour right, but I think we, these are new, extra special as the white chocolate strawberry yum yum donuts. Asda. I know. Stash, you always tell us you hate the people who shop in Asda. Remember you call them scum? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, guys. But I God, saw I can't it, leave that in. And I was just like, this is beautiful. It is beautiful, Stash. It is beautiful. Mm. And it's got like that yum yum texture. And I love a good yum yum. Do you? I don't love a yum yum that much. What is wrong with you? Oh, no, I don't, I don't want my donut iced in the entire way around. I want like a... I prefer like a filled donut, to be honest with you. But yeah, I Stash, I did. I know, I know you like Lidl's Bakery, but I would never have guessed Asda in a million years. I know. I neither did I. I was going to go to London, but he, he probably I want got... to say I played dodgeball yesterday against um, the University dodge... of Essex, and we won. Stash <laughs> pays dodgeball, and I'm an accountant. These are just things we never talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what's my thing? Losing money. <laughs> yeah, bad bad taste. Loses money. But do you know what? Yeah. A very very approachable man who approached both me and Stash at various conferences to make stuff that work, and then continues to approach and bother people at any conference he can attend to, to to further his own his own media career. <laughs> I've I've never met a narcissist like this. All he wants to do is just all the attention on him. He's Stash, we originally joked about Chris replacing me and Chris replacing you, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to replace both of us. It'll just With be myself. the Chris show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'll just be three, three <laughs> images. <laughs> You'll be chatting to yourself. Chris will make a point on this screen. He'll agree with himself on that screen. He'll disagree with himself down there. He's running back and forth. <laughs> three different sets just going between it. Thank you so much for joining this podcast, everyone. This is me, Stash, and these are my wonderful companions. Have a great night. You Have don't a deserve night. a cut. You don't it's deserve like, a cut. No, the cut's gone. We've, we've mumbled. <laughs> I'm joking.
Oh. No, leave that in, Chris. Let, <laughs> let him let him round it out. Yeah. Stash has spoken. The I episode's over. And me, Chris. That, that's my thing. And me, Chris. <laughs> that's all you're good for. <laughs> me, 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 Chris. Me, Chris. <laughs> it's like a caveman. Me, me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>